I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Red alert. All hands stand to battle stations. Luck as falls and attack positions. Prepare for battle! Autobots, roll out! Get ready, it's your weekly dose of nerd culture. All wings report in. With your crew, Obi-John Kenobi. Hello there. Commander Scott. Nothing amazing about it. I know this ship like the back of my hand. Julian. You tell him I'm coming! And hell's coming with me, you hear? And the Doc. Great Scott. Movies, TV, streaming, video games, comic books, board games, toys, collectibles, cosplay, conventions. If it's happening in the world of geekdom, we're talking about it. So lock and load, bag and board, and roll for initiative. We've got your... Hello there, it's Obi-John, you know, host all of podcasting, and welcome to another all-new Nerd Alert. Thank you for joining. Uh, it's going to be a slim show today. It doesn't mean it's going to be short, because the topic we picked, we could be here all day. Uh, but uh, this week, it's just myself and my trusty right-hand man, the... Um, um, so I think of something. He's he's the the Bert Gummer <laughs> to my Earl. <laughs> he's the the micro to my Frank Castle. I don't know. Uh, he's uh, joining us from somewhere in space and time, perhaps via the DeLorean. It's the Doc. Hey, how's it going? Uh, I'm gonna bust some knowledge on you. Uh oh, uh oh, because Gus not here too. Yeah, Scott's not here to keep the nerdy and talk nerdy to me, or nerd alert, or, you know, you know, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, do you know what the most widely used assault rifle in the world is? Would that be the Kalashnikov? Yes, the AK-47. And do you know how it is named, the AK-47? Well, first of all, you have to say it correctly, sir, okay? You have to say it just like Sam Jackson in Jackie Brown. 8K47. When you absolutely positively got to kill every motherfucker in the room, except no substitutes. I can continue. Uh, it is named after the designer, um, I forget his first name. Uh, uh, Andre? Andre? No. 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 Uh, I don't think it's. It's it's Mikhail. His first name. Yeah, there you go. Mikhail Kalashnikov. So yeah. the AK stands for Automat Kalashnikova, and the forty-seven is for nineteen forty-seven. So the AK forty-seven in its iteration was created in nineteen forty-seven by Mikhail Kalashnikov, and it has basically never changed since nineteen forty-seven. It's also been copied and uh, um, bootlegged all over the world. Like there's a there's a Chinese variant of it because because in the in in the Cold War, Russia just gave out AK-47s like it was candy. It's like, oh, you're thinking of being communist here? Have these Kalashnikovs? Um, and then other countries started to basically like bootleg them and make their own versions of them. So yeah, there's a uh, the the AK-47 and its derivatives are fucking everywhere. And my favorite story of an AK-47, I think, was from one of our favorite shows, Tales of the Gun. I was just going to say, 
Is it from Tales of the Gun? Ah, oh, feels like I'm back in your basement. Yes. <laughs> and uh, there was a guy who had forgot to clean his AK-47 after shooting it, and the bolt had rusted shut. And he just set the gun on the ground and stomped on the bolt with his boot, and it opened the release, and he went and fired it like it was brand new. So. It is legendary for its tolerances, and uh, also from Tales of the Gun. Uh, the reason for that is is Kalashnikov designed all the tolerances in the spaces between parts to be very loose, uh, instead of being super tight and precise and in and all that. He he built very big, uh, very wide tolerances in the in the weapon, so it would take lots of abuse and lots of mishandling. And he tried to just design it as simply as possible, so anybody. <laughs> Could learn how to take it apart, clean it, put it back together again if it needed to be done. Um, keep it simple, stupid. Uh, but, over. Sorry. Anyway. Hey, great, great fact. Great factoid. No, it's an actual fact. It's an actual fact. Uh, and if you're confused about that, you should watch more of this show or listen to more of this show. Uh, but that is a great primer for today's topic. Um, and to properly introduce today's topic, uh, I need. I need the doc uh, to give me a dramatic reading of his favorite line of the Matrix. Maybe his favorite line of any movie ever, because I feel like it's kind of his life philosophy. So imagine, if you will, uh, Jay and uh, somebody else are about to embark on a crazy suicidal last stand mission to rescue one of their comrades. Uh, and and uh, it's a crazy plan. But they're going to do it anyway. So he's getting ready to gear up. And someone says to him, all right, the doc, what do you need? Guns. Lots of guns. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, I got tingles on that one, man. <laughs> I like that deep voice. Does Megan like that deep voice? I bet she does. Oh, anyway, oh, yeah. sorry, off topic. <laughs> so today we are going to talk about not just guns specifically. Today we're going to talk about the coolest arsenals in movies and and more than just that what makes the perfect arsenal because uh, if you're an action movie junkie like we are um you have seen more than a few times uh it's, it's you know it's always one of the coolest scenes in the movie when your hero's getting ready to gear up and they've got this you know a room or something or you know a giant cool stash of weapons somewhere it might be disguised inside their house it it might be under their house it might be you know there, there's all kinds of i don't want to you know get too deep in the topic without starting the show but all ways cool ways of of, of uh concealing and hiding lots of arsenal uh, you know a giant arsenal of weapons and then you know what goes into an arsenal so Basically, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go through our favorites from movies, video games, whatever. Um, And we're going to kind of rank them based on the following criteria. So to be the best arson in the world, you got to be like, I don't know, a 10 out of 10 or 5 out of 5 stars or 2 out of, you know, 2 thumbs up, whatever we want to rank them at. Uh Um, On these criteria, ready? Ready. Quantity. You gotta have yeah. a lot of guns. Yep. Or whatever. You gotta have a lot of them. Two, variety. You gotta have a lot of different stuff. Don't just have, you know, like this. Don't just walk in and be like, oh, yeah, it's a bunch of swords. Like, give me some different kind of swords, you know? Throw me some katanas and some claymores and some broadswords. You know, mix it up a little bit. Variety. 
number three, accessibility. I've got to be able to get to it when I need it. You know, yep. uh, if if and this is why I'll be honest with the one of the first ones I thought of was John Wick's arsenal and John Wick one, but I'm like, oh wait, he's got to get a sledgehammer and destroy the floor every time he needs to get at it. Maybe yeah. not the most accessible. Right. Um, <laughs> Definitely uh, not. And then, yeah, the last one, and this can kind of go under accessibility. The more I think about it, these are kind of, uh, kind of fits in the same thing. But but placement, uh, again, yeah, I think that goes into to, um, accessibility. You've got to be able to get at it when you need to get at it. Um, and we may we may tack on some other criteria along the way, but uh, that's basically our our big three that we're going to look at. And then uh, at the end, we'll see if we can maybe perhaps create the perfect weapon arsenal uh so the doc it was your idea kick us off okay i cannot start us off on this topic without bringing up one of my favorite people in film okay and his triumphant and epic Journey from being crazy to God, I love this man. Does he hail from uh, a tiny little valley in uh, Nevada? You might just say that he is from a tiny little valley in Nevada. Would he say, would this person, Jay, say that overkill is underrated? Yes. In fact, he would also say that he was completely out of ammo and that had (laughs) never happened to him before. I love that moment so much. He is just completely like dejected. Yes. (laughs) Gotta love that. I was feel, I was denied critical need to know information. I was prepared for, I was prepared for penetration, not quantity. (laughs) <laughs> maximum penetration <laughs> of course I'm... the mexican federales offer you whatever you want and you ask for one case of dynamite oh, oh be careful with that that's going in my private collection uh... <laughs> i just threw it in the back of your truck what yeah it's don't gonna tell be me big. that's not enough <laughs> it's gonna be big keep going <laughs> it's gonna uh... be big <laughs> yeah, we're talking about everyone's favorite craziest survivalist red uh, well not redneck well maybe redneck craziest survivalist uh who just happened to be proven right on everything uh, jay bert gummer bert, bert gummer fucking gummer oh, oh yeah you broke into the wrong goddamn rec room didn't you <laughs> yeah. i want you to know jay so uh i started this list when i was uh uh, not uh, near my my trusty ta- uh, um, pad of paper, so it's on my phone this week. It's weird, uh, but the very first thing I have listed is wrong GD rec room, Bert Gummer. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. Oh man, I just so the first time I ever saw this movie, and the the graboid just breaks into Bert Gummer's basement, and you just go, holy crap. He's got an entire wall of guns. It's and, the, the way they film that is because it's it, it breaks in through a different wall. 
And and you've met Bert in the movie, and you've met his wife, um, who's played by Reba McIntyre, who's named Heather. Um, you've met them throughout the movie, and they're you 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 know that you know they're always packing heat whenever you see him. And and Bert is 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 kind of almost excited by the situation because you know he's kind of that survivalist, uh, um, crazy kind of paranoid guy. Um, so when it first breaks in, they just grab whatever they have on them and start unloading on it, and that doesn't stop. And then they both kind of turn and look at each other, and the camera pans to the other wall, and you just see. <laughs> The entire fucking wall is covered with pegboard, and there is just a literal goddamn arsenal hanging yep. on the wall. Uh, I've got a picture of it pulled up right now, and looking oh. at it, we've got uh, we've got a couple of over under double barrel shotguns, a side by side. We've got looks like a Remington eight seventy or something along that pump action. Uh, he's got. Four lever action, probably 30-30s or something like that. And a whole collection of handguns, different varieties like Smith & Wesson. It looks like he's got a PPK. <laughs> um, some old school. He's definitely got a Smith and, couple of Smith & Wesson result, revolvers. Uh, some looks like old school Colt single actions. He's got an M1 Garand. Uh, and then, looks like he's got a Springfield. He's got a couple other fully automatic <laughs> assault rifles. Um, and then in in the glass case next to the wall, the piece de resistance, <laughs> the elephant gun, goddamn elephant gun. Oh God! When he breaks open that case, and well, and again. The way they stage it is so. Again, we go from whatever's on them to pan to the wall to oh wow, okay, and then you just watch the two of them unload on this thing for a solid minute, where they're tossing mags to each other. They run out from one, they grab another off the wall, and at first you're like, oh, this thing's fucked, and then you're like, oh wow, they really okay. This really isn't having much effect on this thing. Like it's still kind of coming. Oh shit, and then Bert goes to the case and breaks the glass and you're like oh dear god what is he gonna pull out and it's the giant double rifle elephant gun those shells are ridiculous <laughs> ridiculous it's like a red bull can they're huge you're like what and you don't even want i i wonder what caliber it is but you're like okay bert what you gonna do, bud? <laughs> and there's well, and there's a beautiful callback to it in Tremors too when he he shows up uh, later in the film and he arms um, um, Earl and um, not Kevin Bacon number one um, with uh, with he gives them uh, he hands them gun cases and and not uh, Kevin Bacon says shotguns he goes no double rifles make sure you keep them firm into your shoulder they'll break your clavicle. God, I love Bert Gummer. Important safety tip. <laughs> Thank you. Bert. Um, no, there is. If we ever do a topic of like minor characters who've taken over a series, uh, Bert Gummer is absolutely number one because he's he is not the protagonist of Tremors. He is like the crazy side character, uh, and even Tremors too. He's not the main character. He's 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 one of those. Hey, we we could get the actor to come back, and the character is fun, so we'll throw him in there. But by movie number three. Uh, and from that point on, where Tremors belongs to Burt Gummer, uh, he's the star of every film after that. He's the star of the Tremors TV series, um, which I have on DVD and need to start rewatching. Um, 
But yeah, it's uh <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> a few household chemicals in the proper proportions. <laughs> His homemade bombs. God. <sighs> so yes, Bert, he had he took over that that series. Oh yeah. And, and, but and man, he was worth it. No, the the character and again the the quote um Overkill is underrated. That's kind of uh, Bird's life motto, um, and and appropriately so. Um, his arsenal never quite reaches that level again. Um, the next time we see it, I think is maybe in the third movie um, when he has again because you know he's he's rebuilt the rec room and two you see he's got the gravel head stuffed in that hurt on the wall that it broke in on. Um, I don't think you see the, the wall of guns in two because he's only no. in his basement one scene. Uh, and three, he's he's started to put the arsenal back together because what happens is is him and Heather get divorced. And uh, <laughs> the way he knows it's serious, and I forget what gun it is, but he says, uh, no, I don't think she's coming back. She she called the other day and told me to send her the something or other. I forget, I forget what he says uh, in two. Um so she's taken back her part of the arsenal, and, and he never quite reassembles all of it, uh, at least not that we see. But um, hell yeah, dude, that's that's the best way to kick it off. So, okay, uh, the criteria we talked about, um, how do how you want to rate these? Like one out of ten, thumb up, thumbs down, five stars, what? Like what's the grading scale we're going to use on this? I'd say I like, I kind of like the five stars. Uh Okay. Or do okay. you want to give it, it quick? I mean, easier would be thumbs up, thumbs down. No, no, or... no. I like no. I like I like the rating. I'm just trying to think of. Um... All right, Jay. <clears throat> so we're rating. Okay, okay, okay. I got it. We are rating Bert Gummer's GD Rec Room <laughs> on a scale of empty, half full, or fully loaded. How do you grade it on quantity? Ah, uh, I'm going to say fully loaded. Fully fucking loaded. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Uh, on variety, empty, half, fully loaded. Oh, that's fully loaded again. That guy's fully got... Fully loaded. Oh, he's yeah. Got some, he's got a friggin' flare gun, for God's sake. <laughs> yeah, oh, God, I forgot the flare gun. Yeah. Uh, they're even making their own shells. Uh, so, like, totally. He's He's got whatever you need, man. Reloading uh, equipment, then, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, last one accessibility empty, half fully loaded. I, I kind of say I don't want to say empty because it's Bert, and we all know how Bert Comfort feels about being empty, but uh, uh he's it's, it's, it's all it's on the fully wall, loaded. So, yeah. If you're if you're not in the basement, uh, yeah, it, it doesn't do you much good. So, I'm gonna say half on that. He He's it's in the basement, but the good thing is it's not like locked up by any means. It is no, we yeah yeah it's not all locked up in a safe. Yeah, and he does have to break the glass to get the elephant gun out. Okay, okay. Uh, so yeah, but, yeah, I think that's fair. I think uh, yeah. we'll give it a half mag. Yeah. All right. So BG's GD rec room. <laughs> I want that T-shirt now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, man that would be a great like like gag t-shirt you know like how they have mm-hmm. you remember my um um brett and 
Ow. I can't think of his name now. Uh, from Alien. Brett Nash. Or uh, Brett and um, Parker. Park, yeah, Parker and Brett uh, Engineering Services t-shirt. Like, yep. that. I, I want that, but I want, like, I want <laughs> BG's GD Rec Room. And, <laughs> you know, like a quote on the back where it's like, where, yeah, no, his quote that says overkill is underrated. <laughs> the quote is, you broke into the wrong GD rec room, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. All right. Um, all right. I'm trying to think what to go with next then. Because um, I'll be honest, I did not get quite as detailed as you did on this. But I'm going to go with one of my favorite. Uh, I love this movie. I love this character. I am in love with this actor playing this character. And... While it might not be as robust as Burt Gummer's Rec Room, I think this one makes up for it in character uh, because you don't really get the full effect of it all until uh, an action scene happens and he gets to show it all off. I am talking about Frank's apartment from the 2004 Thomas Jane Punisher. Oh, I now, like it. In this movie, Thomas Jane is is by no means wanting for an arsenal. Uh, He uses everything from a bow and arrow uh, to a shotgun to his father's custom 45s um, an M4. I think he has a grenade launcher. I don't remember if we see him use the grenade launcher. Uh, But again, by no means is is this movie hurting for, for weapon variety. But when... Frank moves into his apartment. The first thing he does is he tricks it out, essentially. Um, Things like doors that close at the switch of a button, uh, grenades under the sink, I think. Um, He's got a hidden revolver. Uh, He's got basically he's got stuff set up everywhere. And you see him setting it up. You're kind of like, okay, random, whatever. And then like a good 20 minutes later uh, is when the Russian comes a knocking uh played by kevin nash in the movie the if you're a fan of the comics you know he the 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 russian we see in this movie is just the tip of the iceberg of the russian he is the unkillable giant assassin uh who's frank is tangled with many times but this is the first time uh, he comes a knocking literally on frank's front door and, and frank thinks it's the annoying neighbors so he he doesn't come back into the door like he normally would and he gets caught off guard and the Russian starts to demolish both Frank and his apartment. Uh, he just throws them through walls. Uh, it's it's terrible. So Frank keeps sort of uh, delaying and falling back to the next stashed weapon. Uh, and we see he's got the because uh, he's got the revolver. Or the I think it's the kitchen counter. He, he knocks it and it pops out. And before he gets a chance to use it, the Russian smashes it with the uh, the weight. Um, he's got the locked door. Uh, where he, he tosses the grenade and then traps the door and hides in the bathtub. But unfortunately, at that point, there's already a hole in the wall and, and the Russian just smacks it back into him like a baseball bat. Um, there's some other stuff. I'm freaking, there's there's the, uh, the elevator hidden under the floor. Um, so again, not the biggest arsenal, but uh, it, it's designed more for uh, you know, fallback. Uh, it, it, it's uh, when the shit hits the fan, Stuff is stashed everywhere, and if you're the guy that knows where it is, you know, if, well, unless you're facing the unkillable Russian, you can get out of it. Ah, uh, yeah, it's that's a great scene in that movie. 
Um, I like when uh, Frank stabs him with the butterfly knife, and then he just kind of laughs and takes it out and stabs Frank right back. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <coughs> um, so no, that's a yeah. good. I, I'd I'm say to think outside the box. Yeah, yeah. I'd say when he's packing heat to take down the Saints, uh, Howard Saint. Yeah, the, the final little, assault. Yeah, that's that's like that would be me in a nutshell. Pretty much any time I went anywhere, that wouldn't be you. Yeah, he doesn't not, have enough. That's, so that's that's not half of what you would take. Come on, now he was conservatively carrying like four guns tops. Look, you could easily carry eight. Yeah, see, that's what I was waiting for. <laughs> and I only say that because I watched that movie multiple times. Uh, well, I mean, I've watched it multiple times because it's a great fucking movie. But when I was designing my Punisher costume, I was like, okay, now what exactly does this Thomas Jane Punisher carry with him? And how can I replicate that? And most of my arsenal when I'm Punisher is based on him. So there's uh, there's the M4. There's, I believe, he's carrying both 45s. The one is on his back. Uh, there's the sawed-off shotgun on his back. And he's got the knife, and he uses the bow and arrow, but it, it sort of uh, uses it and then tosses it. He doesn't actually carry it on him. Yeah. Um, so see, Jay automatically he's like, well, okay, you can feel like you know a second shotgun on your back, and or you know if you're gonna put a if you're gonna put a shotgun there, why not a grenade launcher, right, Jay? Yeah. Well, you got that on the M4. But see, you there you attach- go. Okay. But you, should, you could easily carry a second M4 with another grenade launcher attached See, to yeah, it. Right there, man. I mean, if you're going to do that, why don't you just pull up to the thing, uh, open up the, the, the back door to your battle van, and pull out a minigun, right? I mean, well, if, if you've already got space for one minigun in, in your van, why not two? Yeah, why not quad 50 cal like Burt <laughs> Gummer in Tremors 3? <laughs> I'm okay with that. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, on the ranking scale, uh, for quantity, I would have to give Frank, uh, at, at the best, uh, a half mag. Again, say, not a lot of weapons. Yeah, I'd say a half. I mean, he's got a decent amount, but not Burt Gummer status. Yeah, no, no, definitely not. Uh, variety? Uh, he gets very inventive with what he's got stashed and, and where they are. Uh, that I, you know, variety, I think I would give him a, a full mag on. He's, yeah, he's, he mixes it up. I like his, his variety of weapons. And then, uh, the last one, and, and the reason I picked this, uh, first is to kind of, to balance out Bert Gummers is accessibility. Uh, again, it only does you any good if you're in the apartment, but... He's got them stashed all over the apartment, yeah, uh, not just on one wall, uh, and that's kind of the, the that's kind of the beat of the fight is is Frank falling back to the next you know trap yeah. that he had set. So, um, I'd give him one and a half out of three mags on that total. Yeah, I yeah I agree with that. I'd give him almost a full mag, okay, because it is. I mean, it's accessible where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He can get to it quickly when right. he needs to get to it. So Yeah. Hell yeah. All right, Jay. What else do you got for us? Well, again, I don't feel like any list about weapons arsenals in films would be complete without bringing up 
one scene that just uh, makes me wish I was in that desert. Uh, <laughs> Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Nothing will ever bring me as much joy as the Arnold smirk when he finds the minigun. Uh, totally you. Oh, God, I love it. <laughs> So it's it's a it's basically a weapons bunker for when D-Day inevitably will happen that Sarah Connor has been preparing and storing weapons um and John Connor and the T-800 T-800 Arnold go down into the bunker to do weapons detail. Uh and you get to see this variety, well, lack of variety of weapons. It's got a pretty good variety. From it, and again, I'm going on memory because I didn't grab yeah. screenshots. Um, and I'm looking at it right now. Well, just well. from I know there's some AK-47s. I yep. want to say there's some M16s. I yep. know there's some shotguns. We know he gets the M79, the yep. grenade launcher from it, and then yep. of course the minigun comes from it. Yep. There's also um, there is a old school bazooka <laughs> oh nice like world back. war ii style yeah back oh yeah uh, by the ladder um there is uh an m is it an m250 is that what they call it call what the 50 cal the fully automatic 50 cal uh, is the m2 yeah the, the modus yeah yeah modus there so there is an m2 50 caliber fully automatic machine gun um not on a tripod it's just sort of sitting there <laughs> um, which brings up a new, a whole new ball of wax about what Arnie could have done. But anyway, <laughs> uh, but it's basically just one wall. There's about a half dozen or so AKs and about a half dozen or so uh, M16s, and there's a couple of M4s, and there's also an SKS. Oh, nice. So, so the SKS is a larger version of the AK-47, basically. And then the M seventy nine, the blooper. Um, but I, I really loved this scene when I was a kid because I was like, oh man, if I could have those guns, you know, yeah, kid in the candy store, yep. Young Doc, I'd be like, oh, look at this one, because I, <laughs> I didn't know any better yet. <laughs> yeah, young Doc, because current Doc would be so much more restrained. <laughs> hey now, <I laughs> hey now. Have yeah. some go play. Uh, <laughs> so I, I I had to I had to include this because it is it's it's an iconic scene. No, absolutely. Um, um, no, you definitely do because I, I was the exact same way, man. Seriously, it, it's it, and I love it because it's so great as as a moment in that film of of uh, it gives you a glimpse of you know you hear John talk about what life was like before his mom got arrested and he got taken away and put in foster care. And, you know, uh, um, she hooked up with whatever guy she thought could teach John something and riding around in helicopters and uh, learning how to, you know, what did he say, beat people up or something like that? Um, the the, the You know, that his mom basically from from childbirth raised him to be a soldier and a warrior and, and what that life was like. And you hear him talk about it, but then you get to Enrique out in the desert and you see Arnold, you know, grab that chain that's covered by the sand. 
give it a tug and this whole like I guess it's like plywood or something thing just slides open and then they walk down in the bunker and as soon as the light comes on it's just it, it looks just wall to wall weapons and granted and one thing I will give this this stash is it may not have a lot of uh, variety of weapons but I would imagine the entire other wall was ammo uh, which you, know, you yeah. can have all the weapons in the world but if you ain't got enough ammo for them they ain't doing anybody any good uh, which is something that you know some of the showier arsenals that we'll get to uh, don't really quite think of but when you got James Cameron planning shit it's like hey where's the ammo um yep but it, it it goes to show like that was that was john's life uh was was you know stashing weapons in the desert <laughs> and he's a kid so he doesn't know anybody he's like oh okay well that's just, everyone's got a stash of weapons down the desert right and it always intrigued me uh that, okay well if this is still there how many other weapon stashes are there around because we know and, and i hate to bring it up because i hate this movie but t3 we see that um in that timeline, anyway, uh, Sarah has her own casket uh, stuffed full of weapons. Yeah. Uh, so, like, how many how many weapon stashes and how many random places did Sarah Connor uh, uh, get up to before she got arrested? I guess in the late eighties, early nineties. Uh, I don't think do they ever tell us how long John's been in foster care? No, no. Yeah. So yeah, late eighties, so. early nineties, somewhere in there, where, where she gets. Uh, Shot trying to blow up a computer factory and take it in by the authorities. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, oh man. Yeah. And uh, looking at it again, there's, he's got, they got a couple of M60s, the old pig. Ah, uh, yeah. Back under there, too. And, uh, oh man. Get, just feed that pig some ammo. <laughs> Let her. <laughs> Let her eat. Ah, so for okay, what is it? Quantity. Quantity. Yep. I'm gonna give it a full mag because, I, yeah, I'll give it a full mag because there's a lot of guns. There's. Oh no, uh, no question. Full mag on quantity. Yeah. Uh, and I'm is... I'm with you 100 percent when you talk about the ammo. Yes. Mm-hmm. You need the ammo, and that is in that is boxes and boxes of ammo on the other wall, <clears throat> uh, which to me lends itself to the quantity. Because, like you said, it's no good to you if you don't have the bullets to shoot. So, yeah. then you got your variety. Uh variety. I'm going to give it a half mag. Okay. And and here's my here's why. It's a lot of guns, but it's a lot of the same gun. Yeah, you got uh, mostly assault rifles and heavy machine guns. Yeah. and like, Which, I mean, to be fair, if you're planning to fight against an army of Terminators in the future, I probably would skimp on the handguns, too. Yeah. Um, and they do they do have handguns, but I think some most of those are what they pulled off of people earlier yeah i don't think they pull any out of there i could be wrong but yeah um so yeah like i said it's a lot of the same gun but you you hit it on the head again that if you're fighting the future war against the machines you're gonna want a lot of uh assault rifles how many m2s you got give me all the 50 cal (laughs) i need them all yes thank you (laughs) Uh, and then uh accessibility 
which I Ooh. think is where this one's going to get dinged. And uh, I'm going to give it an empty on that one. You know, I was kind of feeling that too. Um, as cool as that, we and granted, we'll give it an extra, you know, uh, half whatever point uh, for. Um, uh, I can't think of words now. Uh, security, I guess, or it's, yeah. it's the, this. This is a stash of weapons designed to be placed and then forgotten about until it's needed. You know, decades from now in the future. Um, yes. So it's it's it'll still be there. Uh, it's it's bunkered underground. Um, and I'm assuming they didn't just dig a hole. I'm assuming it's got like uh, you know some uh, concrete walls or something. Again, I'm trying to go off memory. Um, it is so a it, it's a stash of weapons to yeah, be a weapon stash. Yeah, like it's, it's 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 there for later use. It's built to last. So I'll give it, I'll give it a point for that. However, you do have to drive out in the fucking desert. Um, and at the time <laughs> that this movie takes place, you had to be really tight with Enrique or your head's going to blown off with a shotgun. Yep. So, cause apparently Enrique's sole duty is just to sit there in the desert with his family and guard the weapon stash. Yep. And have some trucks. Apparently. <laughs> Can I borrow uh, a truck? I got to see which one's running. <laughs> So um, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll I'll give it. I'll say two out of two out of three mags on that one. Yeah, or whatever grading scale reason. All right then. Um, again, I'm trying to trying to. Okay, okay, okay. I got one. Okay. And this one kind of spans a couple of movies, uh, but they're all the same franchise. Um, so I was trying to think outside the box of cool places that we've seen weapons stashed and one of my favorite franchises uh, because two out of these four movies are fantastic um how to describe this okay 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 when your job is to protect the planet earth from the scum of the universe uh, that are all conveniently uh, stationed in New York and the five boroughs. Uh, you got to be mobile, right, man? You got to be on the move. Uh, and you never know what you're going to run into. Some, di- some days it might just be uh, a bug trying to get his shit back into an exterminator van. Some days it might be an armada coming to invade. You don't know, but you got to be ready. You got to be loaded for bear. You got to be on the move. So I'm talking about the Men in Black Ford LTD from Men in Black 1 uh, and then whatever freaking car they used, because I forgot what it was, from Men in Black International. Uh, Because these cars are not just uh, built to be boring, forgettable conveniences. uh, Because that's the whole thing with Men in Black, is it's boring and you forgot about it as soon as you looked away from it, because nothing stands out about it. But then you push that red button and then, boom, supercharged. You know, you can get uh, through the Manhattan Tunnel in no time. Uh, And then also... You pop that trunk open, and boom, there's your arsenal loaded in the trunk. Uh, we see that in the first movie. Uh, we get the, I think it's called the Big Daddy Shotgun, and that whatever, that triple barrel thing that Will Smith uses to uh, to shoot down um, uh, Edgar's ship, uh, and then used to blow Edgar up from inside Edgar, because... Kay really likes that gun. <laughs> Had to get your gun back, didn't you? I like this gun. 
And then that is taken and dialed all the way to 11 when we get to Men in Black International, which, sadly, not a great movie. But one of the cool scenes is when, uh, and I forget their agents' names, when Thor and Valkyrie are pinned down. Sorry, when Men in Black Thor and Men in Black Valkyrie (laughs) are pinned down. Um, Literally every part of the car kind of opens up to reveal or be part of a weapon. Like one point, uh, um, he, he tells Valkyrie to pull up on the, I think it's the, the side of you mirror and the whole thing just kind of arcs open. And there's like this whole stash of like pistols hidden in there. Uh, he's grabbing pieces off the back. And I think at one point he pulls the hubcap off and it's actually like a drum magazine for this giant laser gun he's got. Um, I loved that whole sequence. It was fun. It was just, oh, wow. It's not just the trunk. The whole car is a freaking arsenal if you know where to pull. Um, but that also goes back to one of the things I love about Men of Black. The, the whole theme, of, at least the first movie, is nothing is what it seems. Uh, everything has some other purpose. It just looks like it's, you know, and, and that's, that's everything at Men of Black is that way. Uh, and the car was no different. Um, now, I can't tell you exactly what weapons they have stashed because we're talking about Men in Black. And it has lots of really cool chromed out presumably laser and or plasma pistols yeah uh lots of cool chrome sci-fi shit uh i like uh i like jeebs jeebs is uh pawn shop that was that was i i, I was going back and forth between the two of those for so long because yes jeebs is, is awesome <laughs> why don't you show the imports jeebs oh that turned into the no no jeebs show them the imports it's the button and boom. Do you, do you have any idea how much that stings? Oh, Tony Shaloub. He was perfect in that role. Yes, he was. Oh, man. You sold a reverberating carbonizer with mutate capacity to an unlicensed cephalopoid. Jeez, Jeez. you piece of. He, he looked like... all right to me. Oh man, I, am, know, I love that I can remember random lines of dialogue from Men in Black. <clears throat> yeah, but I have to, but I have to stop and think about my social security number. I, I'm glad you brought up Men in Black. Okay, because I want to talk about Uh-oh. a scarring moment for me. Oh, and it happens in Men in Black too. Yeah, I try not to talk about that movie, and it's when. Kay is getting his memory back mm-hmm. and they walk into the apartment that he used to live in. Mm-hmm. He turns a few dials on the thermostat and the walls drop and he's just got all sorts of high tech MIB hardware. Oh, yeah. And you're just like, okay, all right, listen. Okay. I can appreciate what you're going for here. But at the same time, this doesn't make sense to the character whatsoever. That To me, that just didn't make sense. You know what I mean? I just don't talk about Men in Black 2 because nothing about Men in Black 2 makes sense. It's a bad movie. Uh, I said it. It's the only... Okay, well, not the only. It's, for a while, it was the only one of the trilogy I didn't own. I, 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 don't, I don't have Men in Black International yet either. So, But I would buy Men in Black International before I buy Men in Black 2. That movie so, is just bad. Gosh, just uh. like see the the weapons in one are fun. They're memorable. You can noisy cricket. That is like one of the most iconic movie guns ever. Uh, yeah, like, like well, break this damn thing. Series four deatomizer. 
Come on. People know those. They got character. We might not know what it's called, but we know that Kay likes that gun. It's a good gun. He, but, yeah. he got swallowed by a cockroach to get that gun back. That's how much he likes that gun. And in two, it's just like, uh, I don't know, spray paint a super sucker chrome and put some blue LEDs on it, and we'll call it a day. Uh, so anyway, I... And unfortunately, I have not have not seen Men in Black International. It's not a complete loss, but it's not great. So I'm not sure how fairly I can I can base I can judge the original Men in Black car. And yeah, well, that's right. We'll go with that. Uh, so quantity, I'd give it a half mag. Yeah, uh, it's because again, it's it's got more than you think it would. Um, but it's it's not as hefty as you know, Burt Gummer's Rec Room. So right. if, if Burt Gummer's Rec Room is a full mag, then this is definitely a half mag. It's it's yep. not quite that, not quite there. You need more than Frank's apartment, but less than Burt Gummer's Rec Room. Uh, and then variety, I kind of have to guess on because, uh, like I said, they're all chromed laser sci-fi guns so lots of those which they're cool but i I have no idea (laughs) like oh if i fire this one is it like a a, you know giant plasma burst that'll like take down a a tank or is it like the noisy cricket where it's like just gonna chirp and then blow me back like I i don't know i don't know you know we don't see them used very many yeah so i'm not entirely sure uh, so half mag, yeah, um, yeah, and then I'm okay with that. Where I think this gets top marks though, and the reason I brought it up is accessibility. Uh, it's in a car, so wherever the agents are, the car's not far. That's that's the whole point. If you know, it's, it's we're going in, we're not sure what's here. Well, hold on, let, let me pop the trunk real quick. There you go. Yep, Thank I you agree. Full mag on accessibility. Full marks for accessibility, I agree. All right. Good day. Uh, yeah. John. Jay. My next one. Okay. I, I'm going to set the scene for you. Okay? You ready? I'm listening. I'm ready. You and your brother... Are just having a nice fun drink down at the bar. Oh shit! And uh, some crazy ass Russians show up. Oh shit! Uh, and you know they just they just ruin your day. They ruin your fun. With St. Patty's Day, man. And they they're they're threatening to kill your brother. So you decide to do the only thing you can because you're handcuffed to a toilet. So I yank that toilet out the wall. You climb the stairs. That's right, I do. You drop the toilet on one Russian and jump from the top of the building onto the other. I might still be drunk from St. Patty's Day when I do that. But yeah, that's this, what this huge fucking guy. <laughs> so that's what you got serial crusher theory. Then there's uh, this guy. Where are you going? Fucking nowhere. <laughs> See, you hit him on the head because his head's already bandaged. Because the smart. <laughs> Looks like you're getting coffee. <laughs> oh, so anyway, you yeah. then take these Russians 
uh, pagers, watches, and guns to the local, you know, the local boys that are also Irish and say, hey, look what we did. And they say, here you go. And they open up a room of gloriousness to you. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you should. It's Boondock Saints. And this has to be... Of all the scenes we're going to talk about today, I feel like this is kind of Jay's fantasy. Uh, You just walk in. The guy behind the counter just hands you a giant duffel bag. Says, have fun. And it lets you go to town. It's like a... um, What's that shopping game show? Where you uh, supermarket uh, sweep? Yeah, it's like a supermarket sweep for weapons. So here you go. See, Jay would be the guy's like, just just one bag. I'm gonna be more than that. So true. Uh, so I, this scene is great because it's like it, and they they set it up like that because it's like they're going shopping and they're just looking yeah. at all this stuff and they're like, hey, check this out. You know, they're holding up different guns and one of them gets behind the giant machine gun and pretty sure it's like an anti-aircraft machine gun uh, and just kind of like swinging it around. And then, Bronson here. What the fuck do you rope for? It, oh, we, we don't. We need, we need some fucking rope. What do we need rope for? <laughs> oh, really, Rambo? And then he holds up the knife. This guy knows oh. really. This guy knows movies where I was eating fucking rope. Here, take your fucking rope. Oh, man. I just love that scene because they are literally two kids in a candy store. Yes. They, But and then at the end of the day, they end up each taking a pair of Berettas with silencers. <laughs> and Which is fine because it's perfect for them. And they're uh, fucking rope. And they got their rope. <laughs> that fight scene in the, in the air vent. <laughs> Sorry. I, they just sort of drop. Oh, man. I got to watch this movie again. It's been a while. Uh, it cracks me up every time. It's a great movie. Uh, the cat. <laughs> what was its name? <laughs> oh man! But this, this, you know, this arsenal is like, here you go, guys. Come in, get your stuff, go do some damage. I won't ask any questions. You obviously need this for something. You're on your own. You never saw me. You've never heard of me. And, you know, the guy's just sitting there guarding it. Like, hey, check it out. Come get some stuff. Uh, And I cannot even begin to tell you the variety of weapons. Because they don't even show everything that these guys have available to them. Yeah, uh, it's very, um, it's cleverly shot. It's, uh, you know, they obviously were working on a small budget, so it's, it's, you know, we'll show you part of it and we'll kind of frame it so you, like, you get the impression there's more just off screen. Um, uh, because we don't ever, we don't actually see what they end up taking. Uh, like we don't see them leaving. So uh, they presumably could have pulled pretty much anything out. And, you, and that's just, you know, you write it off as, oh, well, I got it from that guy. So smart filmmaking. Yeah. Good, uh, good economy of storytelling there. Yeah. Um, what really kills me though is the random drill press in the corner. Hey man, <laughs> sometimes you you had to customize some stuff on the spot. Yeah, get your fucking rope. Uh, 
<laughs> hey, hey, they had it. They, they clearly, used it. Clearly, somebody's using it. Or they wouldn't have had it. So, uh, uh, yeah. Nice. Oh, man. So, but, quantity, yeah. full mag. Oh, full mag for quantity. They <laughs> variety. We got everything from fucking rope to, uh, like you said, uh, that's that's a twenty mil anti aircraft cannon. I'm pretty sure they're playing with. So <laughs> you put the hurt on somebody with that. Yeah. Uh, where I think it's going to get dinged is accessibility. Yes, uh, I would give this an empty mag because not only is it in a building, you have to go to it. But once you get there, kind of like Enrique, you got to know the guy at the door or you're not getting in. Not only that, you're going to need some kind of payment, uh, some sort of payment for them. They had to kill some Russian mobsters and yeah, it's very yeah. unclear. They they turn in a couple of Desert Eagles and some watches and some pagers and then they're just given two bags to go on a shopping spree. Yeah, it's sort of like an uh, unspoken... at that point. Uh, my head cannon is that's some kind of stash for like the NRA, uh, the the or something not the IRA. Sorry, the I, IRA. Yeah, IRA, Irish Republican yeah, yeah. Army. Sorry, sorry, not NRA, IRA. Uh, although you can make an argument for NRA, but no, the, my head cannon is that's like an Irish Republican Army stash uh, that they haven't like you know smuggled in uh, from, <clears throat> and uh, uh, the guys at the door knowing that these are good Irish boys who are defending the neighborhood are just like yeah yeah go at it boys. Yeah. But again, that's my own head cannons. No, I agree with that. Um, I agree with you that these, like, I feel like these these two brothers are pretty well known in mm-hmm. the the Irish blooded circles, and just the looks on their faces and the fact that they have this Russian mobster stuff. Like, hey, these but guys messed with us, so we're gonna go mess with them. It's a it's a tight neighborhood. I think there's the. Uh dialogue later on when you hear Willem Dafoe talk about how like no one in the neighborhood will talk and no no one will name these boys um and then, you know they're all kind of protecting them um so yeah <clears throat> yeah um but I agree with you that I, I'm also going to give an empty mag on accessibility because like you said you got to know the guy you got to be a good Irish boy you defend in your neighborhood um Got to take out some Russian mobsters to get it. Yeah. There's a lot, lot, lot. There's there's a lot going on there. A lot of things. All right. I got one for you, Jay. Okay. You're going to like this one. I know you are. Uh, All right. It's sleek. It's stylish. It's kind of classy. It kind of harkens back to a a bygone age of of, uh, gangsterism. Um, And uh, wherever you are, there it is. Uh, I'm talking about one of the coolest, most stylish action movies from the 90s. Uh, launched the career of both its star uh, and the director to bigger and greater things, including a, a third movie in this franchise. Um, I'm talking about El Mariachi's Guitar Case from Desperado. Oh. Oh, how did I forget? I was, I was really hoping I'd have at least one on this list that you wouldn't have thought of. Oh, my God. I want the guitar case. <laughs> so, 
uh, they it's not the first movie to have this. The uh, El Mariachi, the first film in the El Mariachi trilogy, obviously, uh, was a very very low budget action movie. I think it was shot for something like five thousand um, dollars. When um, Robert Rodriguez was trying to break into the business, and it, but he he had a really energetic, cool way of shooting the action. And it got a lot of attention on um, the uh, the um, wow I can't think of a film festival circuit and whatnot. And it got him bigger gigs, including making Desperado, which is a sequel to El Mariachi, and that it references the events of El Mariachi, but it is very much it's sort of a standalone movie. Uh, we recast the main role of El Mariachi. It is uh, in this film. It is Benicio, not Benicio del Toro. It's um, Antonio Banderas. Uh, which kind of like this is the first big movie to put him on the map as an action star. Um, but the guitar case in this movie to me is like perfection. So the whole thing is he's dressed as an El Mar- uh, you know, Mariachi, a, a guitar player. And that's the outfit he wears. So it looks perfectly reasonable that he's carrying around a guitar case. Uh, and what I love about it is it harkens back to like that old um, trope of of you know gangsters in the 20s with a Tommy gun and a violin case kind of deal. Like to me, there's, there's kind of a, you know, it, it's, it's sort of like the, uh, the, the more, uh, refined version of that basically. Um, so he, you open up the guitar case and you just, there's a guitar. Okay, cool. There's a guitar in a case. Yeah, sure. Uh, but you push a button and the guitar lifts up. And this case is a, a portable arsenal. Uh, and granted it's pretty much all handguns, um, there might be a grenade or two in there. Uh, oh, yeah. not a, yeah. Yeah. not a mag to be found as far as I can remember. Uh, again, it's one of those, it's for show. Um, but it gets the job done. Uh, it's, it's cool. It's stylish. Uh, it, it, it was one of the first movies that really made the whole two gun thing really cool. Where a big adulter, I was like, throwing bullets out of his gun the way he handles the weapons uh, very energetic very cool um, probably not very accurate in real life but it looks cool on film that's all that matters um, and then later in the film he calls in for some backup and he gets some other buddies to come out and he tells them in their guitar cases and at first I was like oh are they going to have an arsenal on the side of their case too and no you find out their guitar cases one is literally a machine gun uh, you, you push a button on the handle and it just lets fly. And the other is a goddamn rocket launcher built into a guitar case. It's, which, uh, it's the, which like yeah. reloads by cranking the handle. I, yeah, it's weird. Uh, it's definitely Robert Rodriguez getting into grindhouse territory. This movie doesn't go full over the top with the the goofy elements, but like he sprinkles them in. Like you can you can see the seeds planting of a you know this is the guy that will will one day uh, have Rose McGowan strap or an assault rifle with a grenade launcher and use it as a leg. Um, like you, you can see the seeds planted. Ah, uh. <clears throat> oh, nice. Oh man, you got me on that one, John. <laughs> God, I love like that I said, guitar man, I was case. really trying to think outside the box, and I was trying to get to because a bunch of my list is kind of the same stuff. So I was trying to think of okay, what's something kind of unique and different? And, and literally, Jay, this came to me like an hour ago when I was browsing over my movie collection to be like, what movie has a big scene with lots of guns in it? And then I got D. I hate Desperado. I'm like, oh, the guitar case. Ah. <sighs> God, yeah. 
yes, him dual wielding all the time. Yeah, great. I think at one point point he's got a forty-five and a double barrel shotgun that he's dual wielding. Uh, Yeah, great movie. Uh, I also love the scene where he's trying to load the mag and rack it quietly. Yes. Yeah, he's behind the counter trying to be sneaky. Yes. Yeah. And he's sort of kissing the slide as it goes to try to keep it quiet, you know, yeah, praying yeah, that it's, it's quiet. It's, yeah, he's he's overacting in the best way. It's awesome. Love that. Oh, God. You, John, you... <laughs> oh, man. Dude, you got it's, not me. A, it's, not, it's not a competition. I know, but it's just, I can't believe I I missed that one. Hey, man, it's all good. So, uh, quantity, I'll give it a half mag. Yeah, I'll get it. It's a guitar case. You're kind of limited by space. And it's it's mostly, like you said, handguns. Um, So, he's not going to have a whole lot of, you know, in there. And he, there's no, there's not a drop of ammo to be found. Again, it's uh, it's 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 showy, but uh, I'll give it a you know he's still got quite a few in that guitar case, uh, yeah. and then variety. I'll also do half mag. You, know, you can make an argument for for empty mag on that because again, it's all just handguns. I'm gonna uh, give him a. I, it might not be. I mean, it's not really an option, but I'm gonna I'm gonna make it up. I'm gonna give him a quarter mag on that one. Okay. Okay. He's he's almost out, but not quite. Um, it's a lot of two of the same thing. He's got a couple of single things. I do love his little double barrel shotgun. Um, it's pretty sweet, but yeah. Where it's going to get marks is, I believe, accessibility. Um, again, it's a guitar case. He can carry anywhere with yeah. him. And because he is a guitar player by profession, it makes perfect sense for him to be. It doesn't, you know, no one lifts an eyebrow when he walks in carrying the guitar case. Yep. Um, and then yeah, you don't have to have any special combination or like fingerprint or whatever. It is you flip a switch and up it goes and bam, there you are. Uh, in the spirit of Desperado, I'm going to give it a dual wield magazine. Ha! <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Not sure what that is, but I like it. Yeah, uh, just to yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. All right, Jay, nice. top that. I mean, what else you got? All right. Now, there's. I do have one. I'm saving for the the last one. Well, I hope I don't one. There's well. A, a, there's one that hits every criteria, but it kind of cheats to get there. So, Okay. So, I'm going to throw this in as a monkey in the wrench. Okay. And I'm going to tell you why this is a monkey in the wrench. And, and tell our listeners why this is a monkey in the wrench. John and I had prepared a topic, an emergency topic, uh, last week or a couple weeks ago. And we never got to talk about it. Right? Right. Last week? Yes. You are two weeks ago. And John sent me a text and he, he said, he said something that struck a chord with me. And it was, so basically our show is going to be 
us talking about the pulse rifle for an hour and a half. And I said, <laughs> yeah. So the only possible way to for me to go after Desperado is to throw this back at you. And that would be the Colonial Marines barrack the barracks on board the Sulaco that contains oh. all the pulse rifles and the flamethrowers and the smart guns. And the HKVP-70s and the, <clears throat> the armor and the, the, the flame unit. You say the flamethrower. Yeah, man. Yes. Um, jump on uh, imfdb.org. Uh, it's not com. Uh, the Internet Firearms Movie Database or Internet Internet Movie Firearm Database, IMFDB. Uh, and they do, like, they literally freeze frame um, weapon racks in the background and try to pick apart, okay, what's on that rack? Um, but yeah, dude, like our boy says, <laughs> they are state of the badass art. <laughs> Me and my squad of ultimate badasses are here to protect you. Yeah, they are loaded for bear. Oh, man. It doesn't get much better than a pulse rifle. Uh, what is it? 10 millimeter caseless? 10 millimeter explosive tip caseless. Standard light armor piercing round. Why? I'd like to introduce you to a close personal friend of mine. This is the M41A. Oh, Feel the weight. <laughs> mm. I want to get my knife and play with it now. It's, oh, God, it's it's great. Because I love the pulse rifle. And the only thing that makes that better is when Ripley is on the dropship and tells Bishop that we're not leaving yet. And she pulls out a pulse rifle, loads it with a magazine, and then basically duct tapes it to a flamethrower to create the Ripley special. No, basically. She flat out duct tapes tapes it together. Throws the locator around there, too. Hell yeah. Ah, because your arsenal's not I... complete without a roll of duct tape. Yes, or and, and never gaffer in... tape. I don't know. It's black. I don't know. <laughs> never in my life was I more attractive to Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> now look, <laughs> the end of Alien, where she's stripping down into that way too small underwear and climbing into that spacesuit. That's sexy. All right, that's sexy. No one's gonna. No one's gonna argue against that. But right, Ripley, and that beat up T-shirt with those. I gotta assume strategically placed uh, grenade straps with that giant flamethrower smart gu- or uh, uh, pulse rifle grenade launcher combo slung around her shoulder, sweat glistening off her. Mm. Mm. God damn. And this uh, is where young John Peacock developed a attraction to women who will kick his ass. <laughs> so the the Marines, the Colonial Marines armament. Um uh, I, I I'm just gonna flat out I'll just I'll just be honest with you for uh what is it, quantity? Yeah. Quantity, I'm I I'll give it 
a full mag for quantity because oh, they've I mean, got they've yeah. they're marines they're loaded to bear. We we, we uh, got every class you need. We got we got pistols. We got shotguns. We got uh, assault rifles. We got grenade launchers. We got squad support weapons. <clears throat> if we get we got nukes. We got sharp sticks. Particle beam phalanx. Flap half a city with that baby. Flap. Uh. <laughs> Uh, oh, to quote God. everyone's second favorite Marine Hudson, yeah, man, they you quantity all day uh, and variety all day. Full variety, mag, full, full yeah. ninety nine round mag on that one or ninety five. Sorry, no, is it ninety five or ninety nine? Pretty sure it's ninety five. Uh, you're slapping that bad boy in that counter. That red counter is going all the way up. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, accessibility. I'm going to give it an empty mag because unless you are a colonial Marine, you're not getting anywhere near that weapons locker or Sigourney. I was say I'm going to give it a half mag. And here's why one, like you just pointed out Ripley, he was supposed to be a civilian advisor gets access to all the toys by the end of the movie. Because um, you know, and I'll get to why a second, but th- there was nothing physically keeping her from getting her hands on them. Uh, and then, as demonstrated, yes, the ship, the Sulaco, carries a ton of weapons. However, uh, the Marines don't put all their eggs in one basket. There's uh, uh, some weapons and supplies in the APC. There's weapons and supplies in the dropship. There's weapons and supplies in the backup dropship. Which is where Ripley gets that pulse rifle, that flamethrower that she tapes together. So, but which that secondary dropship, as we you know see Bishop do, can be remote piloted down from the spaceship. So, yeah, uh, it could be a bit of a sticky wicket with your planet side and the ship is hovering uh, in orbit. Yeah, that can be a bit of a problem. However, they're Marines, and they have ways around that. Okay, sometimes they don't plan; like they just improvise. So I'll yeah, give him a half mag. You. I'll give him a half mag. It's no guitar case, but uh, right. Ooh, could you imagine a guitar case that had a pulse rifle in it? Why would you need a guitar case? Just carry the pulse rifle. It's fine. It's so true. It's so true. <laughs> Why would you cover up that beautiful, beautiful pulse rifle? Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, so yeah, no, I uh, I would give that two and a half mags <clears throat> out of three. Excuse me. Uh, well, let's jump to a franchise we both love, but for some reason picked different movies in <laughs> to illustrate the same goddamn point. Let's talk about our boy, John Wick, for a moment. Yay. Uh, God, I, I went John, John Wick 2 uh, with the one of my favorite scenes in the entire franchise. And, and the second movie is is by far my favorite in the franchise so far. Uh, four is and out yet. Um, the scene where he goes to the Continental in Italy, right? He's in Rome, I think, isn't he? Yeah. Um, <laughs> checks in and he asks, is the sommelier in? Have you ever known him not to be? I love that answer. Um, so we then get a breakdown of uh, John Wick going to get himself some new toys. Uh, and the sommelier, if you don't know the term, sommelier is a fancy French firm, fancy French term for someone who's a wine expert. Um, they get paid to be a wine snob. But in the world of John Wick, where everything has double meaning, 
semi also means an armor. Um, this he goes in and he gets himself decked out with uh, his new Glock, his new shotgun, and he gets a new. Is it an M4? He, it's an it's it's some kind of AR-15 derivative. It is, yeah. It's it's a basically. It's on an AR frame, but I think it's fully automatic. Okay. It's not so. It's not technically an M4, but it's not an M16. It's some kind of AR15. Yeah, it's definitely definitely some sort of not stock AR. Yeah. Oh, nothing about any of these weapons is stock. Yeah. Because um, yeah, that's what the, that's what the sommelier is there for. I think his uh, his Glock has um, a widened um, mag port. And it's got some custom carving in the slide for the compensator. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, they're awesome, and uh, and it's these weapons. You know, these three weapons were picked very strategically because Keanu did a shit ton of three gun uh, shooting training, uh, which is three gunning is when you uh, you're timed to get through a speed course and you have to cycle through between the pistol, the rifle, and the shotgun. Uh, Keanu did a shit ton of training for that uh, before this movie, and uh, every bit of it he gets to show off in that tunnel sequence. Um, but not just John's arsenal, but the the sommelier's office is, you know, as, as much as we you know, drool at the the notion of the the T two arsenal or the uh, uh, Boondock Saints. Here, have a bag, have fun. Um, look, if I had the currency. Of the gold coins to spend in John Wick's world to go get decked out by the sommelier. Oh, I might not come out with a bag full of guns, but I'll bet you the three guns I do come out of there with are going to be fucking top drawer, fully custom state. Uh, to borrow a line from Robocop, state of the art, bang bang. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Then Jay played a different so- direction. So I went with John Wick 3, <clears throat> and the scene that I was thinking of was Winston's vault at the Continental in New York. And what I liked about it was that the the scene from John Wick 2 with the sommelier is awesome. And, you know, he's helping John pick, but in John Wick 3, he's picking on his own, and Winston is just sort of waving his hand saying, you know, take what you want. And I can't think of um, oh, the hotel manager. The, con- the concierge. The concierge, yeah. I can't think of his name right now. I don't know if he has one. Hold on. Let me look it up. But he's he's helping John sort of pick it out and pick out certain things. And there's... So basically, it's a battle of wills between Winston, the concierge, and, well, not Winston. He's not truly involved. But John Wick and the concierge and basically an army of soldiers uh, wearing body armor. And that brings up one of my favorite parts of John Wick 3, (coughs) where John is trying to find the weak points in the armor and is doing his darndest to kill these soldiers. (laughs) And so then he shows up back in the the uh, vault and says something to the effect of that they're wearing body armor. So the concierge pulls out a couple of shotguns off the wall with armor-piercing slugs, basically. 
and you just go, oh, oh, no. Yeah. This is bad. This is real bad for the round two guys. goes much better for John Wick. Yeah. Well, because um, I think I think in the beginning he starts with his pistols, and then he goes and gets a machine gun, like a like an again an AR platform, and that's not working. So then the last time he gets the armor piercing, and uh, uh, the actor's name is Lance Reddick. Uh, he is credited as hotel manager. But I'm going to continue to call him the concierge because that sounds way cooler. Yes. Uh, and the reason I picked that is because Winston's vault is this awesome aesthetic combination of modern weapons, antique weapons, and like a super upscale lounge area. And to me, it's just a place I'd like to hang out in. And smoke a few cigars with Winston. And his Neapolitan Mastiff. <laughs> or no, that's steak. John's have, dog. Have a steak at the uh, <clears throat> the bar there. Yes. Oh. Hang out in. Yeah, man. Um, and presumably, the, the Continental in New York has a sommelier as well. We just didn't get around to seeing him. Yeah. So... Which is unfortunate. Well, there's more coming, so. Right. There's uh, John Wick 4, and I believe they're still doing an entire series called The Continental, which is just about the goings-on at The Continental, I believe. Um, I I know they announced it. I don't know where that is as far as production-wise, but yeah. So, I think it, it's fair to, I'd say we could judge them both at the same time. Yeah, I mean they're they're essentially both kind of the same thing. One, the only difference is you know one is just like uh, you know they open the vault and hey John take what you want, and the other is more of a. a um, okay, so one is uh, uh, Winston kicking open the doors to the wine cellar and saying "Have at it, John," and the other is hey we're gonna do a wine tasting. Here's some ones I picked that I think you'll like. Otherwise, yeah. pretty much the same thing. Uh, right. So quantity, full mag. Not even a question. No question. <laughs> Not even a question. Uh, variety also full mag. Not a, not a question. Their wine cellar is fully stocked. Uh, accessibility. <laughs> if I'm generous, I'll say a half mag. Uh, I'm probably going to go empty mag because not only do you have to know that you're in, the, you you have to know you're in the continental and know where the Continental is and what the Continental really is. I don't think they take people off the street at the Continental. Um, but you then have to already have <coughs> the currency of the world of hitmen and assassins, which is the gold coins. You can't just draw, I mean, presumably, can't just walk in and hand them your credit card. Like, the currency of that world, you know, that entire world has its own currency. Uh, and if you're not already a part of it, uh, I don't think you're getting in. Yeah. How you become a part of that world, I don't know. We haven't really seen that yet. That might be a cool avenue to explore in some future movies or shows. But, um, so, yeah. now granted, if, if you're already a badass hitman, <coughs> you've already got some cool custom-made gold coins, uh, you're golden, man. But if you're not, yeah. uh, you ain't getting in. Right. Huh. So, especially really Winston, because that's, that's Winston's private vault. So you already yep. got to be in tight with the owner of the Continental. And 
I don't think that's an easy task to do either. So especially since he's pretty much just using John for his own gain at that point. But that's a whole different topic. But uh, no, I, I would give that uh, two out of three mags on that one. Yep. Um, well, I have one more that I wanted to discuss. I, I have one many... last one, too, because it hits every. It gets a full mag on all three of these. Okay, so we'll save yours then. All right. Because um, this is the one you're about like, to say. Like you, like you said, uh, a lot of mine kind of have the same sort of flavor to them. Mm-hmm. And John, you know me well. What what do I like most about guns? Having lots of them, and if the you can, well, not necessarily the biggest. But if you can uh, add things to oh. the gun. <laughs> Why just have a gun when I can have a gun that has another gun on it? And if it's going to be and another gun on my gun, why not be a grenade launcher on my gun? Actually, what I was going to say is, if I want, let's say I want another gun on my pistol. Oh. Why not make it a shotgun? On your pistol? That can use different shells for a single shot. This sounds more like you're talking about a single weapon and not a whole weapons cache. Oh no. Okay. Perhaps I would perhaps I would also like to carry an umbrella for the rain. Okay. And maybe uh-huh. Uh-huh. Maybe I need a new pair of shoes mm-hmm. <coughs> and a, a lighter that also happens to be a hand grenade. Don't forget your smartphone. That's just a smartphone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what I'm talking about is dressing room. Oh, I can't remember. Is it? Three or four? uh, It's three, but I think it's safe to say just the Kingsman tailor shop on Seville Row. Yes. I loved this part of the movie. Oh, oh, man. Was it safe to say Jason loves the part in any movie where you go somewhere and a, a wall is revealed to have a whole bunch of guns on it? That's uh, safe. Safe bet. Whatever movie you're thinking of, when I said that scene, whatever movie that is, that's Jay's favorite scene in that movie. That's fair. That's very fair. <laughs> uh, but this but, one does it with some style. I'll give you that. Yeah, it's very classy because it's not only weapons; it's also accessories. You know, it's glasses, it's shoes, it's watches, and they are spies. Yeah, it, it serves and, as. They, they, so they have other things. These, all these, all the things in there have a second use, basically. It's, um, it's the Q branch for Kingsman. Yeah, right. Uh, but there are also just standard guns that are there as well. Like there's a couple of uh, sniper rifles, and again, some like AR platformed machine guns. Uh, a lot of the standard issue pistol with the single shot shotgun 
Um, but man, they know how to do it very, very stylish. A lot of chic to that uh, weapon stash. In sort of like Men in Black, the, the idea being that nothing stands out, nothing looks out of the ordinary, but in reality, <coughs> your umbrella is bulletproof and, uh, you know, has gadgets on it. Um, and it just such a great moment in the movie, especially, especially when he asks uh, Eggsy to do a standard German greeting. I love that part. Anyway, uh, a lot of interesting things. I wish we could have seen more of the stuff (coughs) and what it did specifically, but we didn't get a chance to, um, and that's okay. But uh, so for quantity, I would give it a full mag for quantity. I would give it, a half mag on quantity, but a full mag on variety. Okay, that's fair. Because, like you said, it's 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 not so much an arsenal as it is. This is our 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 quartermaster, our Q branch. This is where we keep our equipment. So yeah, there's guns, but it's not just guns. There's lots of other stuff too, which is why I yeah. feel like if you're just going to stock up on weapons, there's not a whole lot there. But it, it, again, that's not the whole. You know, that's not their only. Uh, purpose. It's not like the Semolier where you're just there to get armed. Like it isn't, you know, the armorer. It's it's got everything for you. Uh, so quantity doesn't have so much, but variety. Name it, you've got it. You know. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. Um, but for accessibility, <coughs> to me, this is again in like the same sort of John Wick circle of. You need to be the the right person mm-hmm. um, to get in. However, I will say if you are a person in this world, there is some high accessibility because I'm pretty sure most of the vehicles they travel in also contain some of the same things. Yes, unfortunately, in the second movie, it gets blown up. So it's kind of hard to get your stuff when someone bloated it all up. Well, that's depressing. Yeah. So <laughs> I'll give it a half, uh, half mag. So is it like one and a half basically out of three on that? Yeah. Yeah. One and a half, two, somewhere in there. Okay. All right. <laughs> Are you ready, Jay? I got my seatbelt strapped on. I'm ready to do this. Are you ready for the ultimate movie arsenal? The one that has full mag on all of our criteria. It has quantity. It has variety. You can get anything you want. Anything. Only downside. Yeah. What if I told you? That the world you think you live in is just a mirage, Jay. Are what we if I told dream? you it's the wool pulled over your eyes to protect you from the truth? We, the truth the, that human beings are nothing more than a battery. Is it the Twilight Zone? 
Are we in the Twilight Zone? No, no. Jay. Knock, knock, Jay. <sighs> Wake up, Jay. You're in the <sighs> Matrix. The Matrix has you, Jay. But don't panic. Don't yeah. panic. Yep. If, if you're in the Matrix, you can use the loading program. Yes. <laughs> where, according to Morpheus, uh, they are able to download anything they need from vehicles to weapons to equipment, uh, whatever they need for whatever job they're in. Now, granted, yes, this is a bit of a cheat because none of this stuff is real. It is all ones and zeros in a computer, in a massive computer simulation. However, inside that simulation, just like a video game or a program, certain rules can be bent, others can be broken. So, (laughs) the scene we started off quoting this episode with, uh, directly from that scene. Jay, what do we need? Guns. Lots of guns. Tank hits load and whoosh. Okay. Every gun you could possibly imagine that has ever been invented, presumably, or presumably, somewhere there on one of those racks. All right, I'm just gonna hit the pause button for a second. Okay. okay. So the first thing, first of all, if oh, I was okay. Neo, right? First of all, uh-huh. if I was Neo, I would be running around giddy like a schoolgirl, grabbing every conceivable thing I possibly could, stuffing it into like seven or eight large duffel bags, and being like, "Yeah, we need all of this." Okay. It's... And that's why Morpheus would be dead because you'd still be picking out guns. Okay. Anyway, so what's the first thing he does when I, he gets all these racks of guns? What's the first one he picks up? An MP5. <laughs> okay. All right. Now, listen, it's fine. It's fine for, for close quarter combat, but you're slinging nine mils out there at a high rate of volume. That's that's fine. Just, just go over a couple more racks and grab yourself a, a G36 or, or you know, an AK or some sort of M4 platform, something that's going to spit out higher volume, larger caliber than, than those little 9mm pew pew pews, okay? And then what do you do? You say, you quote that. You say, we need guns, lots of guns, racks and racks and racks of guns. And what do you do? You dual wield six pistols and maybe a couple of mini Uzis and those little whatever banana clip looking things that I'm assuming are shooting nine mils. And then Trinity, Trinity, you don't even take one Trinity. You, 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 Oh, I, Oh, sad, sad. Now now look, Jay, I, I take no qualms in the one's choice of weapons. My only issue is this. Uh, if 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 we're talking about an arsenal in a giant computer game simulation, whatever. Jay, what's the first code you punch in when you find out how to punch in cheat codes on any kind of shooter? Uh, unlimited ammo, of course. Yeah, unlimited fucking ammo, right? <laughs> so my only issue with that is Neo pulls out guns, fires them till they're empty, tosses them, pulls some more guns out. I'm like, okay. If we already cheated by hacking the program to give us weapons and equipment, why don't we just go one step further and hack it so that my weapon never uh, goes empty? Right? That, that is my only sense. qualm. My only qualm about this. Why am, I, why am I bothering to reload ever? If I'm inside a giant video game, why am I ever bothering to reload? And then if that's the case, what I'm doing is I'm walking in. <clears throat> I'm walking in wearing my 
little uh, jungle hat. I can't think of the word with the snaps on it. Booney hat. Yeah, with old painless out of the bag. <laughs> Time to let old painless out the bag. Uh, that's what I'm doing. But no, I yeah. Because you're a sexual tyrannosaur. I, <laughs> I ain't got time to bleed. Uh, got time to duck. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he like he's got all these guns, and like I get it, you know. They're trying to show he's the one, and then he's gonna use his karate and kung fu skills to defeat Agent Smith, and it's like, okay, now, cool. Now look, more guns. <laughs> look. We're not trying to disparage one of the coolest action scenes ever. Um, and, and certainly one of the most defining action movies of the entire right. 90s. And then like the next decade to follow. Because it was 99. So like the entire next 2000s to 2010s. Like everyone was still trying to copy the Matrix. We're not saying that. We, we fucking love the Matrix. We love oh, that yeah. scene. We love everything about it. However, we're nerds. We've got a few gripes. Um, but so again, we're cheating to get there. But. Fuck it, we're getting there. Quantity, full mag. Again, full mag. Racks for days. Variety, full mag. You name it, we'll pull it up. Full mag. Uh, and then accessibility, again, full mag. Presumably, wherever you are in the Matrix, I can punch in some keystrokes and I can get you to an, an armory. Yeah, I can, I can, I can load. We literally watched Trinity get instructions on how to fly a helicopter, download it into her brain while she's in the Matrix. Yep. So I don't think getting you to somewhere where I can say, "Ah, okay, check uh, under that chair." Bam, there's a gun for you. I put one there for you. Um, you know, again, we're cheating. We're breaking the laws of you know everything because it's not the real world. It's the Matrix. Um, as long as it's a Ripley special. Uh, well, you know what? I, I I went Matrix, but we could have very easily said uh, the Oasis, um, where literally uh, from Ready Player One, where literally anything you can imagine, uh, we'll program in for you. Yeah, uh, but kind of potato potato on that one. But uh, yeah, yeah, man, you want you want you want a dual wield Ripley specials? I'll make that happen. You know why? You're in the Matrix. Yes. Can I can I dual wield Ripley specials while also piloting? Heavy arms. I feel like that's more Oasis, but yeah, we'll make it happen. Nice. Nice. Because the Matrix is at least trying to simulate reality, whereas the Oasis just gives no fucks about reality. It's just, right. it's the ultimate playground. Um, but, yeah, we'll make that happen. Nice. I like it. <laughs> Uh, so there you go. That is our list of the ultimate movie arsenals from, uh, you know, the loading program in the Matrix to the most epic rec room ever created by man. <laughs> BG's GD rec room, except no substitutes. Uh, and everything in between guitar cases, tailor shops, uh, fancy swanky hotels. If you know who to ask. Um, so let us know. What do you think of our list? What do you think of our criteria? Uh, is there anything we left out? Um, anything you want to pick or uh, got, a, got, a bone, got a bone to pick about? Let us know. Uh, thank you for sticking with us this long. Jay, any last words you want to leave us with? 
AK-47, when you absolutely <laughs> positively got to kill my other motherfucker in the room? Except, Except no, no substitutes. substitutes. You sure said it, Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, who are we to argue? So thank you for listening. Uh, let us know what you think of our list. If you got any more to add, toss them out to us on the uh, the internets there. And we'll talk about them talking next show or something. Uh, but thank you for listening. This has been your weekly Nerd Alert. Jay, one more time. What do we need? Guns. Lots of guns. <laughs> <laughs>